Do you want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. You know I love that, and I promise you the other platforms don't offer that. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can also earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. I've been using Spotify for Podcasters from the very start. I highly recommend you give it a try. Just don't post on Monday. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey everyone, Gil Gross here. Post-match, Carlos Alcaraz versus Daniil Medvedev in the Wimbledon 2023 semifinal. If you're not here for spoilers, click off the video in 3, 2, 1. Alcaraz beats Medvedev 6-3, 6-3, 6-3, and advances to the Wimbledon final where he'll play Novak Djokovic. In the two Alcaraz-Medvedev meetings that we've seen this year, it is safe to say that both of them have been one-way traffic blowout city for Alcaraz. And although two matches is not a large sample size, it's a rather small sample size, I am ready to say already that Alcaraz is a bad matchup for Daniil Medvedev. I already had some suspicions that he would be. And then when we saw what happened at Indian Wells, my suspicions were, you know, very much raised even higher, but you could always say, well, the court really didn't suit Daniil at all. Now that it's happened and, you know, it looked kind of the same again, I go from suspicious to almost confirming to confirmed. I think Alcaraz is a bad matchup for Daniil Medvedev. And I will start by once again, kind of re- emphasizing what I think is a bad stylistic matchup for Alcaraz or the way Alcaraz, the play style that Alcaraz has trouble against. Uh, to me, that is someone who tries to stay offensive as possible on both serve and return and does so in particular by taking time away and hitting with a lot of pace, ideally off of both wings. Yannick Sinner, can definitely do that. Uh, we saw Nicholas Jari do that at Wimbledon earlier in the week uh, really, really well. We have seen Jan Leonard Struff do that. We have definitely seen Novak Djokovic implement uh, aspects of, of that kind of style. Uh, but Daniil Medvedev, he's pretty much the opposite of that. He does not play with a lot of pace. He does not play up on the baseline. And other than the big first serve, he just doesn't play all that much offense unless he has an obvious opportunity to do so. The problem for Medvedev in this match is that if there were any advantages that he had from neutral, we barely got to see those advantages because Daniil had so much trouble, particularly on return, surviving even the first two shots Alcaraz was generally finishing him uh, swiftly, quickly. And, you know, the slice of points that 
included kind of both players in a neutral position were a very small slice of the points. And in those slice of, of, of points, did Medvedev look okay? Did it look like Medvedev uh, did have some things to do that, you know, were were winning him points? Yes. But in order for a match like this to have been competitive, Daniil would have had to absolutely dominate from neutral. And, you know, we know against a player as good as Alcaraz, that's never going to be in the cards. So it was kind of checkmate on Medvedev. Uh, if he wasn't able to really survive the quick fire offense from Alcaraz on a on a very very consistent basis on serve and then on an occasional basis on return and when it comes to return occasional is good enough you don't need to break serve all that often to win a match you only need to do it uh, uh, let's see I've, oh you know I don't even have it pulled up right now but I'm guessing he broke I think he broke once in the first once in the second and three times in the third. But that's just off the top of my head, and if I have that wrong, I apologize. Uh, let's talk about why Medvedev couldn't even really get played a neutral here. Uh, it starts with the deep court position, which starts with the return position. Look, serve and volley for Alcaraz, it worked basically every single time. I don't have the end-of-match statistics but I know at one point, Alcaraz was 16 for 17 on points one, serve and volley. And I always like to emphasize that that stat does not include when Alcaraz uh, comes in. So he's serve and volleying and Medvedev misses the return. And Medvedev, I'm sure, missed plenty of returns in this match because Alcaraz was serve and volleying. And if it were up to me, that would be included in the stat. But... That, unfortunately, is not included in the stat. Drop shots were a similar story. Uh, Alcaraz was unbelievably efficient on drop shots, and I don't have exactly the stat, but I would estimate he won over 80% of points he went to the drop shot on. The, the reality is, you know, Alcaraz is the best touch finisher on tour right now. It doesn't matter if it's a drop shot or a drop volley. Nobody is better at finishing short than Medvedev. And, sorry, than Alcaraz. And with Medvedev giving up that part of the court, like positionally giving it up, that is a, a horrible combination against Carlitos, where it doesn't matter really if he's anticipating it, if he's sprinting forward. It's just too much court to make up. It just is. Um, doesn't always even have to be serve and volley, doesn't always have to be serve and drop shot, like even serve plus net approach, all of these things were working almost every time. But, but the serve and volley in particular, it, it seemed, it seemed like an automatic point. Like, what can I say? It seemed like an automatic point for Alcaraz, which, uh, which is saying something. Uh, let's have the conversation then about Medvedev's return position. Which, as I talked about in the preview, uh, Daniil coming off of the match at Indian Wells was, at least publicly, not keen on changing. Although, Medvedev is a trickster. And if he did a 180 and it turned out that everything he said in Miami was just lies, I wouldn't have been shocked. That said, I was expecting him to not adjust the return position, and for the most part, he didn't. I will say right now that the only match that I have ever seen him... Uh, come out of the gates, like literally start the match 
and not play his normal deep return position was against Kyrgios at the U.S. Open. Now, I was working during that match on other courts. I didn't really, I wasn't able to observe it all that carefully, uh, but that is the only match that I know that he did it on. Obviously, he lost the match, but I don't know if the return was as much of a culprit, but I do believe that he had, he had trouble making returns against Nick in that match. And I've seen him experiment with the closer return position in the past, and he has had trouble making returns. And guess what happened in this match against Alcaraz? In the first set, with Alcaraz serving for it at 5-3, uh, uh, Daniil moved up, and he missed all four returns. He missed every single return. He moved up again at another point, and again, it was just not successful because he just wasn't returning well. And here's the reality. Daniil is literally one of the smartest players on tour. His awareness is unbelievable. You think he doesn't get what's going on? Of course he gets what's going on. But just like players need to have the skill to successfully take advantage of Medvedev's deep return position, right? And you've heard me say this all the time. When Tsitsipas and Kyrgios and Alcaraz have beaten Daniil in the past with heavy serve and volley, I've always said, like, look, the reason they can do this is because of their skill. It's not because they're geniuses. It's not because they figured something out. It's because they have the skill. Well, it's the same thing for Medvedev uh, making an adjustment to beat these guys. He needs the skill to return from a closer position. And my opinion has been constant on this. And we talked about it much more often in 2022 when he was losing a lot of matches. And I was here on this channel talking about how can Medvedev start to win more matches? How can Medvedev start to win more matches? We haven't talked about it in a while. But what I said last year is something that I stand by, which is that he is too darn talented to not be able to figure this out if he committed to it on the practice court. But he's got to train it. He's got to practice it. And I hope he doesn't have the mindset of, look, it's only a problem against like three guys. And if it's only a problem against three guys, then it's not that important to me. I hope he doesn't have that mindset because the reality is that those three guys are that those three guys are going to be the guys who are standing in the way of his career achievements from now forward. And when Martina Navratilova came on tour and Chrissy Everett kept beating her because Martina had no fitness because she didn't work hard in the gym or watch her diet. Martina wasn't like, well, I'm making the final, so whatever. No, she was like, I got to beat Chrissy. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to beat Chrissy. Daniil needs to do the same. Daniil needs to have the same mindset uh, because it's not going to go well against Alcaraz. I don't think on any court, um, unless he adjusts the return position. Again, it is not about a decision. Now, do I wish he would have sticked with the close return position? I do. Don't get me wrong, I do. I think, in my opinion, that would have been a better way to fail. But he, he might have failed. He would have failed in maybe a different way, you know, missing a lot of returns, not hitting the ball clean, all that. Uh, but I wish that he failed that way. Instead of failed a way that you've already really failed. At this point, he's failed for five sets with the deep return position. So at least give yourself a set to find a different way to lose. All right. So 
that's my take on the return position. Now, I do want to talk about when Medvedev was serving. Alcaraz's return has been unbelievable this tournament. I could not be more impressed. Uh, last year, I did not think about him as a guy who excelled at getting big serves back in play on a regular basis, which did kind of concern me. Not long-term, but in the short term, it concerned me because we're coming off of an era of tennis where we had a big four. We had a big four that was dominating. And yes, Andy Murray was making semifinals and finals and losing to the other three. Okay, so that's what I mean when I say big four. Uh, I'm not saying he's as good as them, all right? But there was a big four, and uh, three of them were the best returners in the world. Three of them kept getting returns in play. So when when um, Sanga and Burdich and uh, Kevin Anderson and... I feel like I'm I'm missing people. I don't know. Sam Query, Isner, uh, Evo, Karlovich, like Milos Raonic. That's the guy. I knew I was missing. I'm like, there was a really big server who was a big part of that era, and I am forgetting him. Milos Raonic was the person I was forgetting. Uh, those guys stunk against the big four for the most part. A lot of a lot of different guys stunk against the big four, but but they kind of and I, I I'm actually not talking about Federer here, I'm talking about the other three. Uh, because the returns were the best, and the returns always came back. I hadn't seen that again uh, with Alcaraz until now, and now I have seen him take Jari's serve, take Berrettini's serve, and take Medvedev's serve, and really just neutralize it. And it's unbelievably impressive. And you know, there was never any good reason why Alcaraz wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, I think the return of serve is underratedly athletic. You know, it's not it's not uh, a shot that you have to run for, right? You only need to move a little bit to each direction, but still it is unbelievably explosive and athletic. And obviously Alcaraz excels in that area. I think you need quick hands. I think Med I think Alcaraz has incredibly quick hands. And I also think you need great feel to take a ball that's coming with that much pace and to have enough touch on it to control it. You actually need great feel. Alcaraz has all those things. So, so there was never any reason why he couldn't be a great uh, first serve returner. Uh, but I, I just think he needed some fine tuning of his intention, maybe of his mindset, but also of his technique. And I haven't looked at this all too carefully, but he just looks cleaner to me when he's trying to return these big serves. And it used to be that I thought the there was a little bit more going on in terms of the take back and the, the noisiness of the technique on his return of serve. I think he's improved that. And obviously his speed makes returns in play so valuable. The reality is that if he just makes more uh, his court coverage puts so much pressure on that plus one, and he's going to get a lot of reward for it. Now, I also want to talk about the second return, which was unbelievably crucial in this match in particular. In fact, most of the breakpoint conversions were the same. The first three, actually, the first three big ones, so three out of the first four, um, were Alcaraz backhand returns down the line on the ad side off of Medvedev's second serves. Sorry if that sounded pretty jumbled. But Al uh, Medvedev's second serve on the ad side, out wide, Alcaraz backhand down the line. A couple of them were winners. 
forced errors. You know, the last one, he just took control of the point and hit a forehand winner uh, at the end of it. It's so important to do this to Medvedev because Daniil, who covers the court so well and is such a brick wall defensively, he can't do that after his serve. He's recovering out of his service motion and he's on top of the baseline. It's when he drops back and he's balanced um, and he can kind of use his anticipation as well. That's when it's so impossible to hit the ball through Medvedev or not impossible, but very difficult. If you are going, you have to attack his second serve. You have to. Because that is when his defense is at its most vulnerable. He's not in position. And Alcaraz, time and time again in this match, did that beautifully well. He just attacked the second return. And and Medvedev just... That is... It's almost like... It's almost like a sneak attack at night. When, you know, in, in war. When the enemy doesn't expect it. That's what it's like. Because the defenses aren't up. The shield isn't up. They're, you know, half the half the troops are sleeping. And that's when you attack. Sorry, war is terrible. We hate war. But this is the best analogy that I could find. Um, so yeah, I thought it was just spectacular from Alcaraz. My only nitpick is that he didn't do a very good job of focusing in the third set. Uh, but it was still, it was so easy for him to lock back in that... When, when he was just like, all right, enough of this. I, I've been broken twice now. I'm not playing well. Like, let me just lock back in, snap back into it. Then he just went back to winning. And that was that. So Alcaraz Djokovic, uh, both looking awesome heading into the final. And of course, I'll have a preview coming up soon. Um, late tonight, Pacific time. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.